Amen. You know what? It's Easter Sunday. Can I, can I get you to clap your hands like we're actually excited to be here this morning? He is risen. And there's so many implications for that. Well, good morning. My name's Phil Nelson. I'm the lead pastor here. Happy Easter. And uh, so glad you could be with us. We had a full service, uh, the first service, and, and this is just, this is absolutely incredible. We, it's only by the grace of God. Uh, we, we'll be six years old. Uh, actually, we are six years old since April 10th. And look what God is doing. God is amazing. And um, we've been in this series called Healthy Living since January. And what we're doing is we're going back, all the way back to the basics in this thing called the Bible. And in 2017, you can get the form of the Bible in hard copy and you, uh, online, on the computer, and now on our phones. Isn't that amazing? And so uh, uh, you can download the Elevation Community Church app, uh, and you can do that now. And you'll probably, by the end of my intro, you'll have it downloaded and ready to go for when we get to the scripture. But anyways, what we're discovering as we go back to the basics is this. That in order to have a healthy life, we have to understand that it can only be done through building our lives with Jesus Christ as the center of it all. That is it. And that is all. If this is not in alignment, our relationship, like Laney just said during worship, if our relationship with God is not in alignment, then everything else is out of alignment. And you see, this all begins, this healthy living all begins when we experience God and his life in us and through us. And that's when we begin to experience healthy spirituality. That's when we begin to experience healthy relationships when we do it God's way. Healthy finances when we have the perspective with our money and investments through the basics in the Bible. Where we have physical health and where we have healthy emotions. And today is part two of Healthy Emotions, our sub-series of Healthy Living. This all-important step that we're going to cover today of breaking the power of our past, it is probably the most difficult for many of us in the step of finding healthy emotions. And it's about going back to the very dark, painful, hurtful, anguishing past and allowing God through his son Jesus and the resurrection to come and bring healing to the darkest places in our lives and in our past. It's all about breaking the power of our past. That's the title of today's Easter message. And I'm sure many of you, if not all of us, have heard a variety of sound doctrine or advice in the realm of what to do in going back to your past. A lot of people say what? Don't go back to your past, move forward, forget the past, forget what's behind you, and make it water under the bridge, and move on. Just forget it. It's not worth it, it's impossible, so just don't do it. Sweep it under the rug, right? 
We know how far that gets us, right? Don't be looking under the rocks of your past because you may not like what you find. Having to go back to the past, even though it hurts, to move on and find freedom and even to find his true identity as king, so do we have to go back to our past to deal with it once and for all so that we can move on. And yes, the Bible does tell us to forget the former things, to strain forward as running the race, keeping your eyes on Jesus, forgetting what's behind you and moving forward. Yes, there's truth there in walking forward in grace, which grace is favor that we don't deserve, walking in healing and forgiveness. There's truth in that, but here's the thing, is not dwelling in the past as we move forward, that we don't dwell in the past. But here it is. The problem is, is if our past is not properly dealt with, it can cause major damage to you and to those around you. It will prevent healthy spiritual, emotional, mental, relational growth. It will stunt it. And it will also create unhealthy patterns that you bring in to your life, to your relationship, to your job, to everything else. And that's called emotional baggage. Emotional baggage. And so my desire and my prayer for you is that today, through the power of the Easter message of what Jesus did for you, that you will learn to break the power of your past. We can only do that through the Easter message. And we're going to look at three points today in breaking the power of our past. The first point is we need to be aware of the baggage in our life and our past. We need to understand that it's reality and not live a life of illusion like it just doesn't exist. And it didn't happen because it did happen and it stinks and it hurts and it's painful and it has damaged so many areas in your life. That's reality. And so we need to be aware of that baggage from our past. But second is the step of freedom, is laying it down at the cross where Jesus laid down his life for you. And third, once we do that, we can start to walk forward knowing that those chains are broken because Jesus didn't stay on the cross, but he rose again on the third day to give us life. And we can walk in that freedom and that life where nothing from our past can choke us and hold us down. And so with that, if you don't mind, would you pray with me? Let's bow our heads. Father, I thank you that we can pray in Jesus' name and know that you are with us and that you didn't stay on the cross, but you paid the price for our sin in full, and you rose again to give us life. And I pray that those who are listening to this Easter message, and they've heard hundreds of Easter messages before, that you would refresh us and open us, open our hearts up and open our eyes to you and to your word. Something fresh, God, today, that we would see you more clearly and beautifully and majestically as you are. And we pray this all in the incredible resurrected name of Jesus Christ. 
Amen. Let's read Romans 6, 5 through 11 uh, together. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and open uh, that up. If you have your phone app, this is the time to have it. Just click on the uh, icon that says Bible. Romans 6, 5 through 11 says this. For if we have been united with him, meaning Jesus, in death on the cross, like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. We know that our old self, our sinful self, our hurts, our habits, our hang-ups, our past, we know that our old self was crucified. It was nailed to the cross in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. Jesus did not create and design us to be enslaved to sin, but to be captured by his presence and have relationship with him. For one who has died has been set free from sin. Now if we have died with Christ, meaning when we have accepted his forgiveness and crucified our sins to the cross, we believe that we will also live with him. We know that Christ, being raised from the dead, will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. Praise God. For the death he died, he died to your sin once and for all. Consider yourselves dead to sin and alive in God, in Christ Jesus. So the first step is we... We don't want to lie to ourselves. Don't catch yourself in denial. We strip away the pride and we become aware of the baggage in our past, good or bad. In 2004, I married the most beautiful woman alive, and um, I mean that. And uh, we're actually excited to announce that we have a, a second coming in September, so there'll be two Nelsons running around here. Pray for those pastor kids. But I'll never forget this night. It was our wedding night after the reception. We go to the hotel as a honeymoon couple ready to go, but it's January 10th, and it's freezing. And so I'm trying to be concerned about the wife, and so I try to take her out of the cold and into the hotel as fast as possible. Well, I forgot the carry-on baggage outside in the parking lot next to the car. And I didn't realize I'd left it. And so the next morning, we didn't check our baggage. And we weren't aware of the number of luggages that we had together. Here's the problem, is we were ready to go. We went into our car, and we left Cincinnati, Ohio, on a six-hour drive to Rockford, Illinois, where my parents lived at that point. And we were going to stay at another a honeymoon suite at a hotel that night, because we're not staying at our parents' house, you know what I mean? Um, so we get to Rockford, Illinois, and the next day, our parents are going to drive us to the airport to then fly to St. Lucia. And so we get to Illinois, and we visit with my parents, and it's about 10 o'clock at night, and so we're taking our baggage, our luggage, and putting it in my dad's car so that he could pick us up in the morning at like 4.30 in the morning to take us to the airport. Well, we realized that there is a piece of luggage missing. 
Now, here's the problem. Everyone, all the married couples said, here's the advice. When you go on your honeymoon, take everything you need in your carry-on luggage just in case it gets delayed on the flight or it gets lost. Well, mine got lost in the parking lot. And so here we are at 11.30 at night in a Walmart. My first experience in the um, ladies' department, by the way, um, which I'm not <laughs> happy to reveal. But um, here's the thing. So we're shopping for our honeymoon at midnight in Walmart, and here's my father running around Walmart trying to put prank items in our shopping cart. And it was the wrong cart. <laughs> I kid you not. He was laughing when he got in the car, and when we told him that there was nothing in our cart, he turned bright red. And um, that was worth it all. So that last part was free. Um, but here's the problem. Due to my lack of awareness of the luggage and the baggage in the first place, we got very little sleep, if any, that night at all. We ordered food from Steak and Shake and never got there to pick it up. And to top it all off, we canceled our honeymoon suite for that night and spent the second night of our honeymoon at my parents' house. That's what's called, ladies and gentlemen, an epic fail. <laughs> Being emotionally healthy is grounded in knowing where your baggage is. No, it's not about denying what happened to you. It's not about denying that it didn't hurt and that maybe your past really was horrible. Healthy emotional living is all about embracing God's choice to birth you into the particular family that you were birthed in. At a particular location, a particular place, at a particular time. He's sovereign and he's in control and he knows what he's doing. And so it's understanding the reality of your past, good or bad. And this comes with certain opportunities Certain gifts, personality types, generational behavior, and blessings. But it is also something that hands us down what I would call emotional baggage. And it seems like today everyone at least has one suitcase. Some can't even carry it all. So here's the reality for us today, this wonderful Easter morning. Number one, the reality for some of you here today, like my wife, can look back at her past and thank God for her family and every situation that she was given and the many blessings and triumphs that came out of that healthy family, her healthy friendships, the healthy church that she was a part of. She wasn't perfect but she didn't have to experience all the storms and the baggage that some of us deal with. And some of you are like that. And what I would say is praise God and thank God every day for that. The reality for some others is that you can look back at your past and you can thank God and God alone for getting you through those seasons of difficulty and protecting you and giving you grace to overcome that baggage that haunted you for years. And you're a living testimony to God's grace and the resurrection 
message of Easter, that God brought you through it. But the reality for so many of us today is that we're being tortured and strangled by the sins of our past, the sins of what we've done, the guilt and the shame and the embarrassment and the false identity that comes with all that, the sin that was done against us, and the hurt, entrapment that we're feeling, the fear and the people-pleasing mentality that we walk around with And we're so aware of what others think of us, but we're not aware of what is happening underneath the surface of the iceberg in our lives. And the sad thing for so many, and I've lived in this season, is that many of us today are so accustomed to dragging out, dragging, uh, carrying out, and dragging so much excess weight and baggage from your past that actually sometimes you don't even realize it, but you know what? You can't see yourself living any other way. You've just become accustomed to the way things have been and the way that they're just going to be. But if we read this thing called the Bible, it's God-inspired, this is our roadmap, our love letter, If we read this, it says something about our emotional health, the way that God intended it for all of us. Emotional health is all about growing in maturity as men and women, not anchored to your past, but by being changed. Being changed, transformation, by the living and active presence of God. That is emotional health health when God is in the center of it all and we are anchored in his strength we are anchored in what he did on the cross and we are anchored in the hope that death did not hold him down that's exciting stuff and this kind of freedom that I'm talking about is all about starting and beginning with being aware of the reality of your past. The second step in finding emotional health is this, we need to lay our baggage, our past, down at the cross. From the passage we read in the beginning, the two verses I'd like to just uh, ponder for a second is we know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin for one who has died has been set free. What's this saying? Number one, it's saying that we have an old self and that's called sin. And we've been talking about today about a relationship. You were created for relationship. God designed you for relationship, but then sin entered the picture. God was not surprised by that. But the thing is, is he cannot dwell in the same place where sin is present. And so that relationship, that divine relationship with God was completely severed because of sin. So now we have this old self. 
What Paul's saying here is we need to allow Jesus to crucify our old self to the cross. That's why he died for us and took our place. In order for Jesus to rescue us and save us from the penalty of our sin, which is death and separation eternally, forever and evermore from God, by the way. In order for Jesus to rescue us and save us, he had to shed his sinless blood. What do I mean by that? Well, in the Hebrew, the biblical sacrificial system, since God could not dwell with man because of sin, he created a way of a sin offering, and it had to be a pure, blameless, perfect, sinless offering, and that's what Jesus became for us. He took our place. He paid the penalty for sin. And the Bible says that he took the propitiation. What that means is he took the wrath of God for our sin on himself. Do you realize, I hate to get too graphic, but do you realize that Jesus was beaten and whipped beyond recognition for us, for you? He took the wrath of God on himself for you. That's powerful, and that's the power of the cross. And in order to heal our wounds and our sins from the past, the present, and the future, Jesus himself needed to be wounded. Whatever wrong you've done, whatever wrong has been done to you, Jesus dealt with it when he was nailed to the cross. He looked at your sin square in the eyes. And he crucified it to his very last breath. And the final three words that Jesus said on the cross can break the power of your past. And in these three words can bring freedom and snap those shackles that have been holding you down for so long in a second. And those three words were it is finished. It is finished. Jesus knew what he was saying. And 2 Corinthians says this, for our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin. Do you realize, do you realize this morning that he died for you? Not his sake. He didn't tell the angels and the Father up in heaven, hey, watch this, I'm going to go down. I'm going to make this scene and it's going to be amazing. No. He gave everything. Even losing relationship with his God, his Father on the cross because of the wrath of God, because of our sin, was on him. It was for our sake that Jesus, who knew no sin, became sin, so that we could have righteousness and finally have relationship with God Almighty. So what do, the, what do these three words mean to you? It is finished. It is finished. Could it mean for you that the sin in your life that nailed Jesus to the cross in the first place has finally lost its grip? 
the addiction in your life was crucified to Jesus and it's finally lost its grip? When Jesus said it is finished, he meant that the penalty of our sin that we could never pay was paid in full. When he said it is finished, he said that your false identity linked to your past and what everyone said that you would turn out to be is defeated and finished at the cross. It's cleansed. You're cleansed from the filth of your past, your present, and your future. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. And when Jesus said it was finished, what he meant was the relationship with God that we were created for is now made possible because he died on the cross. So step one is understanding that our emotional health is rooted in the awareness of our sin. And step number two, it's all about laying our sin of the past, the present, and the future at the cross and allowing the work that Christ did on the cross and the power of the resurrection to release that sin, never to pick it up again. Do you realize this? That God, I, I, I heard this just the other week. When Jesus died on the cross, he took yours and my sin and he forgave it and cleansed it with his blood. And he removed our sin and threw it into the sea of forgetfulness. And then he put up a sign that said, no fishing. You see, when we go back to our past and allow God to do a healing in our hearts, he's calling us to leave it there because it was already done, finished. Sayonara, deuces, peace out. It's done, it's finished. And so the third step and final step for us this Easter Sunday is walking forward in the freedom of the power of the resurrection. This will flip your lid if you let it. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, that same Holy Spirit that rolled the stone away, took his dead body after three days and raised it to life is the same spirit that lives in you if you've received Jesus' sacrifice on the cross. It lives in you. It will never leave you. That's awesome. Second Corinthians 5.17, could we look at that? says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, and by the way, if you've never accepted the free gift of Jesus on the cross, guess what? You can do that right now. All you have to do is believe that he came for you and he died for your sin and he forgave you and cleansed you and set you free from your past. Who doesn't want that item on TV? <laughs> set you free. That's what Jesus does. And all we have to do is open our hearts and let him in. Getting off my notes. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Do you realize if you're in Christ, the old is gone. He has made you new. He died to deal with your sin. And he rose again three days later to make you new. Are you feeling new this morning? Hopefully you do. 
But I want to leave this with you. Jesus paid the debt that we could not pay on the cross. But he didn't stay on the cross. Is he still on the cross? No. He stayed on the cross until the work for our sin was complete. Your sin was finally paid for. And I know I'm saying that over and over and over again, but we need to understand that. And just as Jesus didn't stay on the cross, neither should we stay in our past. The bitterness and the anger and the loss and the anguish and the shame and the guilt of our past, you've got to let it go. You see, the life-changing work of the cross and the resurrection has the power to go underneath the 10% of the iceberg that everybody can see and go deep down into the iceberg, the 90% below the surface that some of you don't even realize you have. Jesus and his work from the cross, the power of forgiveness and redemption of setting us free and the resurrection power of bringing dead things to life can go into every crevice of your heart and your life and of your past and he can make it new. If you let him, that's the good news of the resurrection. Jesus completely defeated your sin. And he has scars to prove it. Do you hear me? Jesus has scars for paying for the sin of your past, present, and future. And when we leave our baggage and our past and our hurt and our sins in our bondage at the cross, our wounds finally have hope to heal. Are your wounds healing? Because if you leave it at the cross, God promises us that we will heal. But the scars will always be there as a symbol that the cross is enough. And we are forgiven and made new. But what if your past baggage comes back? Return to sender. Take it back to the cross. In order to break the power of the past, you have to take your past back to the cross. In order to break the power of your past, are you hearing me? You got to take your past back to the cross. Whether it's 10 times a day, 100 times a day, you take it back to the cross and leave it there because it is finished. So what about you? Where are you in all this? Are you still feeling like your past and the sin that you've done and the sin committed to you has just a chokehold on you and those around you and you just can't seem to get free of it? If so, I have good news for you. Jesus died for you and he set you free. And all you have to do is leave it at the cross and receive it and walk anew. This incredible Easter day can be one for you to where that you take the past that you've been carrying for so long and you take the addiction related to your past, you take the sin and the filth and the heaviness and the false identity and the shame and the guilt and the separation you have felt from God and man and you take it to the cross 
Today, you can encounter the amazing love and life-changing power of the resurrection. And you can walk in freedom and newness like you've never have before. And so as the band comes up, I would ask you to just close your eyes, bow your heads. No looking around and just, if you can push out all distraction, but my voice and the Holy Spirit who wants to show you his plan and his love for your life. takes me back to a story in the Bible I was told as a kid when the disciples who were following Jesus, seeing all that he did, the power that Jesus had, they saw that he was the Christ, the Messiah. They saw him heal many. Saw him change water to wine. Saw him feed the 5,000 and do what, what was impossible for man. And that night they go onto the Sea of Galilee. And there's this horrible storm that hits and rocks their boat so bad. They thought they were going to die. They knew that it was the end until Jesus stepped into the picture and He calmed the raging See, and he brought peace. And I wonder how many of you today feel like you're just caught in a storm, a raging storm, a horrible record that just keeps playing and playing and playing and playing and playing, and life just keeps spinning out of control for you. The things that you hate and you don't want to do, you just keep doing and you feel stuck, and you feel like you are just not going to make it, I'm sorry. That breaks my heart. But you have to know that once you allow Jesus to step in on the scene of your life, He can change everything. You don't have to live like that anymore. Don't let Jesus' death on the cross be in vain this morning. If you say you know Jesus and He lives in you, why are you still chained to the past? He has set you free and all you need to do is just say, God, take over. Take over. I receive your forgiveness. Come and make me new. Come and make me new. If that's you this morning, just right where you are, just slip your hand up real fast. If that's just you, make me new, God. Break the chains of my past. Break the guilt and the shame. Break the filth and the bondage that is just weighing me down. Jesus will do that. But we have to allow him to take that place. And so I want to encourage you as we worship this Easter Sunday, let it go. At the cross, lift your hands and surrender. Sing as loud as you can. Put a little bounce in the knee because Jesus has set you free. What wonderful good news that we have. So let's 
worship because he didn't stay in that grave.